0: Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. So we're looking back at the weekend to bring you the biggest stories you may have missed. Stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring BIN writer and producer Maggie B. Nowen. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, all right, Maggie B going on in the streets. Talk to me. Hey,
2: Ramses. Good morning. It has been an eventful weekend, hasn't it? <laughs>
0: uh, if I do say so myself,
2: yes. Lot to keep up with.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot going excited? on. A lot of angry people in the world, a lot of happy people in the world. Um, so let me think of something that people are both angry and happy about. Uh, hmm. Little Mermaid. A lot of people have, have have seen The Little Mermaid recently, um, and I know there's a lot of backlash online still. So what have you come across in your world?
2: You know, Little Mermaid. So, what an interesting conversation this has been since it uh, came out that The Little Mermaid was going to be casting a Black woman as The Little Mermaid in the movie. So, obviously, you know, I'm sure we all remember the backlash um, just across the nation of people really acting like they care more about Disney casting a Black woman as The Little Mermaid than they do about children getting, you know, shot up in their schools and gun policy. However, You know, that conversation is coming back into the forefront again uh, right now. uh, It is a little bit different. So, um, you know, over the weekend, I guess it's the second weekend, I think, that the Little Mermaid was. available so um the first weekend it did it did pretty well the second weekend it was um not as great but the conversation over the last several days has really been about the reviews because of course we know there there were a vast array of actual racist people that were uh you know publicly making statements and actions in alignment with um you know their outrage for for her being casted um But so now there's there's the conversation. Are the reviews that this movie is getting? Are these accurate reviews or are they, um, you know, just racist trolls? Um, Now, I came across this article and I, of course, clicked on it because if we have, you know, Hallie, um, you know, making her debut as a little mermaid and she is, you know, getting her first opportunity to shine. She's been such a poised uh, talent as well. You know, this is really somebody who is serious hard work for her entire career so far. She came up as you know one of Beyoncé's little young um kind of trainees. Uh, so at least a decade she's been perfecting her craft. I know I I discovered her on uh I think it was grownish, the blackish spinoff. Um, yeah, she's just a great talent. So I don't want to take anything away from the shine that she has with The Little Mermaid and her debut with this. It, it appears um, that she's done a great job, but there's there's a lot of reviews that are coming out that are just zeroing and there's conversation if these reviews are accurate or not. So IMDB, um, who is owned by Amazon and, um, you know, of course, has their relationships with Disney as well. Edited their the way that they uh, disseminate the information. So basically, they have a rating, but then they have an adjusted rating that they're saying that is making up for um, potential hate that is being exercised in the form of these reviews. The conversation is still the conversation of, you know, you want to make sure that these review sites are accurate and that you can take them for what they are. And this kind of whether the movie was good or not, I don't know. There is a lot of, of feedback saying it wasn't that great. So maybe these reviews are more in alignment with the accuracy of it so it's a really it's a tough one because we don't want to be calling things racism that aren't racism right and and then exercising different precautions and adjustments for racism that isn't necessarily racism the the bottom line numbers are it's like almost 800 million dollars that disney has to clear to have this be a break even on the movie they spent like 800 million is including the profits that the movie theaters would make so you know, there's there's conversation about they don't want this information out because they want people to go see the movie. And that makes sense too. Um, I think the bottom line for us as a black community is we should be supporting our sister <laughs> in the movie, in her movie debut and celebrating her where we can. And we should do our best to not um, you know, participate in talking um down on things that aren't accurate. Um, but also to question question systems like we are seeing with IMDB, people are scrutinizing their recent decisions as far as adjustments but interesting nonetheless you know something to watch in the future for f- future movies as well
0: well that is a uh, pretty balanced assessment of the situation i gotta hand it to you um you know i i could never be a film critic or you know i i wear a lot of my bias on my sleeve i'm very out loud with it you know um i try to help where the help is needed I show love where love is needed, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, once you get to a certain level, it's, you know, the movies are all good, you know, just some are better than others, but the difference is incremental. You know, I've never, at least in my estimation, I've never walked out of a movie, you know, it's never (laughs) even a bad movie is still, it's something that you can sit down and observe and, you know, spend a little time doing it. So um, if there's somebody that needs that that ticket price or whatever. I went to Black Panther because it was Black Panther, not because of the ratings, right? Exactly. So um, again, I wear my bias on the sleeve. This is why I don't work in the film critic capacity. But um, a couple of things that I did want to mention is that, you know, you're right. uh, You know, the opening weekend for the film was, you know, I'm doing a little research over here as you're talking, opening weekend for the film was strong, but often, you know, the following weekends, uh, in the vast majority of cases, is a little less strong. You know, the opening weekend is the big weekend, and that's what people look at the numbers for. Um, it does look like it is on track to to be profitable. Um, and they are, uh, well, they've said that it's the fifth largest Memorial Day opening weekend ever. So the mm-hmm. film just off top, in terms of the opening weekend numbers, is in some rare air. That's not nothing. Um, and uh, so far, the film has made, um, this was as of the 4th, so three hundred twenty-six point seven million dollars, and they're wanting another. I think it might be like million and a half to where it becomes profitable. So that might just be box office numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like uh, you know at this stage they haven't cashed all their checks. You know, it hasn't gone to streaming. They haven't done you know uh, other you know ways right. that they you know do this. I'm sure the merchandise and all that sort of stuff is still uh, slated for sale. And then of course, since it's a Disney film, they're going to be able to cash these checks in perpetuity. So exactly. I have no doubt that it will be profitable. And um, like you said, at the end of the day, what we've seen is somebody who it's it's her time to shine. Um and I think that my impulse is when I see people trolling is just to push back against the trolls, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um and and my favorite trolls to push back against are racist trolls. So yes. you know, shout Absolutely. out Hallie or shout out uh Halle
2: Bailey. Um can so I so, just so, um, say <laughs> Yeah, One please. of my favorite comments that I heard about, you know, the pushback on what IMDb was doing was them call like, the scrutiny uh is calling IMDb now a woke movie review site, and, oh, we have to stop this wokeness, and blah, blah, blah. blah. It's just like, uh, it's a lie, you know? And yeah. when everything is said and done, Disney's remake business is very lucrative for them. And to your point, Ramses, it, you know, they haven't done the streaming or any of the other spinoffs that they typically do with their movies yet. This is you just getting started in her career and i think she's had a huge opportunity to not only you know get her name out internationally but really to to showcase um a wide range of her skill um you know when it comes to acting and singing and just her being um you know so poised through the public scrutiny as well throughout this entire process um but yeah you know it just it's 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 i think a wholesome you know thing when everything is said and done and uh, even having this conversation makes me want to go see the movie, um, just, you know, to be part of the community, because to your point, again, you know, the Black Panther, we all went out and saw Black Panther because it was Black Panther. We dressed up, we had parties, we went and saw it more than once. So, you know, I think that we should go out and see Little Mermaid and, um, you know, not not say bad things about, you know, Black women doing great things.
0: Black Information Network writer and producer Maggie B. Nolan is here with us discussing the weekend's major stories. All right. Uh do you follow sports,
2: Maggie? You know, um I don't follow sports Me too either. much. My my experience, I mean, I won't, I'm not as bad as you, Ramses. I know how much you don't engage. <laughs> But um, yeah, no sports are sports are something that are ingrained coming from Massachusetts. You know, we're we're diehard Red Sox. I'm diehard Patriots, even though I've never been to a Patriots game. Um, so to an extent, I've I've certainly followed sports, um, but I'm not a diehard sports fan. Yeah. And I know, you know there's definitely some news that were, was made this weekend. Well,
0: I, yeah. you're you're right. <laughs> I uh, I I'm not the biggest sport. I, I want to be fair. I when I was in high school, I played basketball, I played football, I ran track, but I was also critically on the speech and debate team. And I was, you know, in student government and all that other kind of more nerdy stuff too. Um, the thing is when I became an adult, I kind of got more into music. And so now oftentimes mm-hmm. when sports stories come my way, I find myself kind of waiting in the fog, just trying to figure out, okay, so who is this person? Is this a player? Is this, you know, but the point I'm making is that Jamel Hill, um, is one of the few people who has kind of crossed over into my world, into like the activism world. And it looks like she is taking another bold stance. Um, so are you familiar with who I'm talking about?
2: Yeah. Jamil. Okay. So
0: tell me, tell me what you know.
2: You know, um, OK, <laughs> so Jamil Hill, she has her network um, that has been on Spotify doing a podcasting and um, media production over the last year plus. And of course, Spotify has made headlines about um, their pay equity and their promotion of, uh, you know, black people, but especially black women. Uh, I think actually you mentioned it last week, maybe more uh, the week before India Ari was somebody um, in she is definitely hands down my very favorite artist. I love her. Uh, she brought up the conversation a while back about how Spotify was not, you know, doing the right thing. And that did make headlines. It got, you know, various pushback from different you know, sources and sides. Ultimately, Spotify committed to making some changes um, that did include, you know, of course, the the token DEI um, activities and p- allocating some funds. However, um, and, and let me say, Indiare did put her music back on Spotify after taking it off for some extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I was very much missing it because um, I am a Spotify user. So this is a it's a personal conflict for me because <laughs> um, I don't love, you know, that the business, the corporation that I, you know, have as a tool that I use so regularly is not doing the right thing when it comes to society, pay equity and black people, especially black women, Um, you know, but I was happy to see that they had seemingly, of course, stepped up when um, called out and, you know, some time and discussion had gone on and they seemingly were making some changes. Um, Now, when everything is said and done, fast forward to, you know, a lot of those pledges that a lot of corporations across the board made started in 2020 with George Floyd. it, they're not where's the money right where's the action so it turns out that spotify hasn't actually spent a lot of the time resources or funds that they had um stated that they were going to be allocating and in fact um you know jamil hill is now one of these people that is uh not benefiting um, from from their systems to the point where she feels that she has a significant pay disparity, and um, you know it's it's unclear whether she quit or whether she was fired. There's there's mixed mixed conversation going on. Um, some people are saying, you know, of course, and this is the, the right side, really, the people who are anti woke, <laughs> uh, you know, are trying to say that she was. Not a profitable investment for Spotify, which you know potentially is is a debate to have. Um, however, the bottom line is, looking at the the larger um, scheme of the numbers, she was being paid significantly less than others. Uh, when we're looking at other Black artists as well, you know it's not an isolated situation. Other Black um, you know podcasters and different um, entertainers, people that are putting material on Spotify, are being paid less, and it's just that. That's the fact of the matter right now. So right now, Jamil Hill has um, stepped away or they've separated uh, with that. Her podcasting network goes away as well. So really, all of the opportunities that she had in the in the media and podcasting space were affiliated with Spotify. And now um, they are uh, effectually no longer. With that said, um, I'll also say that I never listened to Jamil Hill's podcast, um, you know, there is conversation. I don't, I don't, don't, there's a lot of content out there in the world, Ramses. We know that, right? So okay. um attention is is probably the number one hot commodity right now. We're all that fighting is. for it. Okay. I didn't know if, it, if you were avoiding her or not. It's not that I'm avoiding her. It's just she's not at the top of my list to listen to. Um, And I think that may be true for for others as well. And we could, you know, in a separate conversation, we try try to discern why that is. But, you know. If you're not
0: a sports fan, then I I don't imagine that. um, Because for folks that don't know, she's primarily a sports broadcaster or mm -hmm. a podcaster, I guess. So um, I know that she has uh, taken action in the social justice space. But. um, Right. Uh, from what I understand, she's primarily a uh, a a sports journalist, I guess. So for folks who might not be into sports, maybe she's not like you said top of you know their list of folks they want to check out. Right, that would make sense.
2: Yeah, and so I mean. It, that, that leads into the other conversation too, when we're talking about women and talking about sports, right? So she broke into the, um, field as far as the sports commentary, being one of the, the, I think she the first black female, um, anchor on ESPN before, um, separating after making some, comments about social justice issues that didn't go over very well with the ESPN Corporation. So, you know, to your point, she's she's very much outspoken and and in the activism space. So I don't want to take anything away from that. And typically, I would also be tuning in, though, to to those messages. So that's where I'm saying, you know, the fact that I I haven't or I don't that that to me gives some credit to the argument that maybe she wasn't the best investment for Spotify, but when everything is said and done, when we're talking about the investments that are being made on black women, I don't know that you can actually qualify things uh, fairly right now. I mean, the, just the way that the system is set up, the way that the disparities are set up that for decades of data now demonstrating that it, we have the WMBA, you know, where there's such the, the pay, um, difference in the nba and the wmba that is you know obviously for a variety of reasons but one of which is going to include the amount of investment that is made into the women's league and the promotion and and the hype of it all and they say it's because they don't make money but it's like you have to invest money to make money to an extent so you know it's the things are lacking across the board for black women so i i have again you know trouble um faulting the Black woman <laughs> in any any capacity or, or taking away anything from supporting them and what they're doing. Um, but again, I, I do think it is important to make sure that we are not celebrating and pushing forward things that aren't necessarily um, quality, I guess, you know, because we want to make sure that we are demonstrating um, our very best and having accuracy in all the things. So, you know, without listening to the show, I can't, I guess, really say how great or not the show was, but, um, you know, the pay disparity is the pay disparity. Data is data numbers don't lie. Um, and when we have the pattern of, of practice and, you know, at this point, um, the performative pledges that were made when it comes to social equity, I'm definitely looking extra side at it. Spotify, like, yo, what's up? Because right now, um, you know, I'm trying to be anti-cancel culture to an extent. Uh, you know, I think that, to your, your your famous statement, no one is the worst thing that they've ever done. But a pattern of practice is is not something that we can, you know, continue to entertain. So I think that there is uh, definitely some scrutiny to be had hearing that they've performatively pledged, you know, $100 million, I believe it was, um, you know, to different social justice issues. And they've spent maybe 5% and then pulled back the campaign, supposedly, um, are some of the comments going on. I think that they're, again, you know, Like many other areas of corporate America, we need transparency. If we're going to be supporting these entities, um, you know, with our time, our resources, we have to be making sure that they're doing right by everyone. And here um, it's certainly questionable.
1: So I want to say something. Please. I think you're right. Numbers
0: don't lie. But. As the saying goes women lie and men lie what i mean when i say that is that data is oftentimes only as good as the person interpreting it um it is possible to see what someone wants you to see while using indeed the same set of data uh case in point is someone saying that the wnba uh generates less revenue than the NBA so the players get paid less than the NBA players that seems very sensible it's fair and to a layperson who doesn't look beyond just the, those facts those those numbers uh it's very measured and appropriate but my understanding, and I'm not sure if it was the WNBA or the women's soccer team or some sort of sports entity, uh, the issue was that wasn't that there wasn't enough money. They wanted to be paid the same scale. In other words, as a percentage, the male players were able to partake to a greater extent Um, in the revenue than the female players and so while it won't ever be dollar for dollar what it was that the women were pursuing was effectually the same percentage in other Mm -hmm. words if the regular nba makes 100 million dollars just round numbers here the players get 10 percent. that's 10 million dollars if the wnba makes 50 million dollars then an equitable arrangement would be that the wnba players would get $5 $5 million, simple numbers to follow. this is this is in fact, this is just a thought experiment. But in fact, what was happening with this, uh, whatever this story was, it might, again, correct me if you know better, but it, it was either WNBA or the women's soccer team. But uh, what was happening is that there was no profit sharing, or it was like minimal, or, or something, and I'm, I'm not even sure profit sharing was the right thing. But I say that to illustrate the point, which is that while you mentioned numbers don't lie, I'm confident that there's more to these stories. I've been interpreting data for years now, and I recognize often enough the version of reality that is sold to, uh, let's say, our more conservative brothers and sisters um, to help prop up their worldview. Um, you mentioned earlier that um, there was uh, the, with The Little Mermaid, there was a uh, uh, people that were going after the film and that they might have been kind of muddying the water and it it might have been unfair and that may be true but you know one of the things that we have to bear in mind is that because of these initiatives because of data sometimes bad data sometimes bad interpretations of data um, and the, the capacity of folks who are against a progressive nation which we are the majority of the people in this country have about them a progressive philosophy Uh, dare i say a liberal philosophy this is a liberal country this is fact Mm -hmm. this isn't something i'm making up and that is a one-to-one that you anybody can can research um because of the misinformation because of uh the fact that certain people can interpret data and have it reflect what it is that they want the world to be and then peddle that data to um, the masses. And again, I, I, I mentioned in this very show that I'm a biased individual. I don't I don't ever pretend not to be. I love black people. I love poor people, immigrants, all that sort of. I'm from La- Southern California. Los Angeles is where I grew up. And then I spent the rest of my life and my adulthood in Arizona. So I've been around Mexican people. I've been around immigrants, all that sure. sort of bleeding heart liberal all the way. Um, however, I recognize that this pushback against wokeism, uh, is on the, the only basis of it is that people on the far right feel like there is some balance, like it's equal, like 50% mm-hmm. of us feel this way and 50% of us feel that way. That's the only reason that they feel like they can call the IMDB woke. When the reality is most people, indeed feel that way and that they are the minority yeah. and so so for them to define the majority goes against logic because the majority is in fact the best reflection of humanity or indeed the narrative in this country so them being the 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 non-woke individuals makes them the ones who in theory should be Subject to scrutiny, which they'll always get around me. But that is a reality that I think that we need to um, hold true when, in fact, we find ourselves in conversations with people who share different opinions. Um, I do want to share something I looked up um, before before we uh, end. uh, And that's that the CEO of Spotify, because we have to be as fair as we can be, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the CEO uh, said that. Uh, they said this back in January, the company will rein in spending after they had significant financial losses in the fourth, fourth quarter of 2022. So that may have affected um, their capacity to spend. Um, and then also, I want to say something because I feel like it's worth saying. Um, I you know, I pulled this from, uh, I believe this was from Yahoo News. Uh, Jamel Hill called former President Donald Trump a white supremacist in a 2017 tweet this is to flesh out what you were saying. Um, she was suspended from ESPN for two weeks that same year, having called on her followers to boycott the Dallas Cowboys' sponsors over J- owner Jerry Jones's uh, saying that he would bench kneeling players. And uh, she compared the N- United States to Nazi Germany in 2020. And in January, she tweeted that the entire policing system is based on white supremacist violence. And now that I've said that, I want to say that there is nothing here that I find problematic. There's nothing Absolutely. here that I find to be a falsehood. Um, and if indeed there is any pushback against her for telling the truth, that I stand in opposition to that. I am am not a sports person, so she's not on my radar. But if this is what she's saying and this is what the pushback is, uh, you know, I, I stand with her and I hope that wherever she lands, it will be even more fruitful than what they would have been able to do with her at Spotify. With all that said, I want to thank you again for your time and your insight as always. Once again, today's guest is Black Information Network news writer and producer Maggie B. Noone. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network daily podcast.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you